welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right time to have a child? The answer is, once she's turned 16. (laughs) I'm coming towards you today from the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I'm Danielle Ward, and with me, trying to do the right thing, on my left, he's funny and angry like a stomach ulcer in the shape of a penis. It's Michael Legg. (laughs) And with him, like a haircut with a man growing out of it, it's Paul (laughs) Fuchs. On my right, like a sketchy first draft of Julia Louis-Dreyfus, it's Margaret Cable Smith. <laughs> and with her, he was about one third of double act Leon Herring, it's Richard Herring. <laughs> well, we're two minutes closer to the end of the show, but before we get there, we have to play The Importance of Being Right. The Importance of Being Right. Like Abu Hamza with a Rubik's Cube, the internet presents many unsolvable puzzles. And in this round, I give each team a particularly knotty problem, and they must tell me what the right thing to do is according to the World Wide Web of Weirdos. Margaret and Richard, this one is for you. You've not been getting on well recently, so decide you need a bit of time to reconnect. After a long and drawn-out row over whose turn it is to pick date night, one of you wants to go to the cinema, the other one wants to spend the night on chat roulette. You go for a drive out to the lovely British countryside. However, just as you start to like each other again, a badger runs out in front of you. You slam on the brakes, but they don't work. You're careering towards a dual carriageway. One of you hates the other so much you've cut the brakes, but now you're regretting it. <laughs> but according to auto.howstuffworks.com, what is the right way to stop a car whose brakes have failed? But what about the badger? Oh, I forget the badger. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I think we could utilise the badger in some way. <laughs> Bounce it off. Maybe we could swap places with the badger. <laughs> the bad, you get to make the badger drive the car. <laughs> no. um, you're supposed to just um, throw yourself. Like, if you're on a bike and the brakes don't work, you just. <laughs> yeah, yeah but bikes don't fast? go quite as fast as cars. <laughs> well, Depends does it how say fast. how fast? Yeah, how fast is <laughs> and, it? And are, are the people involved scared of death? Are you scared of death? No, well, no you're Catholic. Like, fine. Um, <laughs> no, um, but one of us is a murderer and one of us is a murderee, but yeah. we don't know which. Well, well a stupid get? murderer because they've cut the brake cables <laughs> of a car that they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> if it, is, it must be you's cut them because if it was me, <laughs> I'd have said, well, I'm not, get, not going to get in that car. Oh. Now I'll, I'll make an excuse. I'm not sure um, we should have got married. Even. <laughs> hey, hey, you're not married. This is just yeah, friends. A... This is just friends <laughs> reconnecting. What, yeah, I think the really to... sad part of this is like if you were driving and you saw the badger and you knew there was no brakes and you swore wouldn't that make you slightly fall in love once again? Like, oh, look, he really cares for animals. No. I always no. try and get the vegan angle in. <laughs> but they're not even married. This is the wrong thing. It's reconnecting them sexually, which is the last thing they want. Yeah. They've been trying to stop having sex for years. <laughs> and now, yeah. this is like a catalyst. I think you're absolutely right. I think that'd be the worst thing about knowing you're about to die is if you got the horn. Just... <laughs> Just as you're about to crash your death. I think the answer is that it must be (laughs) Al-Qaeda. One of them did it. It was one of their slow, less dramatic acts of terror. Taking one person out out with you. And maybe a badger, if you're lucky. Would you take revenge on an ex-lover by cutting their brakes? (laughs) Well, not if I'm going in the car with them. That would be very The best thing 
would be to put them in the car at the top of a hill mm. and roll them down. With the, but then, in that scenario, I'm thinking more kind of chloroform <laughs> and so on. I think the fact that I've cut the brakes is irrelevant. <laughs> in a way, why waste a perfectly good car? <laughs> yeah. Easier just roll to... Roll them down the hill. Yeah. Or just... You know, yeah. a, a knife, you know, yeah. the old method. <laughs> Why all this thing about cutting the brakes is also complicated. You have to get underneath the car. It's not easy. They make it sound easy, don't they? <laughs> where is the brake thing? No one knows how to do it, do they? How, how, where do you find the brake thing? I don't know. No, exactly. You end up, like, cutting the wheel off and it falls off and stuff. <laughs> it hardly ever works. So hardly I ever. tend to um, uh, just uh, murder them in another way. <laughs> People. <laughs> um, Margaret and uh, Richard, if the brakes have failed, is there any point in continuing to try the brake pedal? I'll simplify the answer. Yeah, because it might start working again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Producer Ben, what is the answer? Uh, on the handbrake, I'm um, driving to the central barrier and try put it into low gears. Move it into lower gears. Move it into lower gears until you get into yeah. second gear. <laughs> then pull up the handbrake, then jump. <laughs> That was certainly right from Paul, and uh, Richard said three right things, I think. So, do continue trying to pump the brakes. You might be able to pump enough brake fluid through the system to get things under control. Next, try the emergency brake. Next, use the engine for braking. Drop to a lower gear, wait for your speed to decrease and downshift again. You can scrub off speed by edging the side of the car against a wall or a guardrail. If none of these tips bring the car to a standstill and it looks like you're going to run into something, then think strategically. Given a choice between running into something solid, a massive concrete post, or something that will give way, a chain link fence. Hit a marshmallow! <laughs> Drive into a gigantic marshmallow! Uh, or here's a series of pedestrians, because they'd slowly, slowly, slowly can't. Uh, ben, who are you giving points to? I'm going to give two points to Michael and Paul and three points to Richard and Mark. Yes! Holy shit! Michael and Paul, after a largely failed career in comedy, you've yes. realised the best thing to do is pull your savings and start a business selling things that say keep calm and carry on, written. <laughs> this is such a great business idea. You're both super excited. All that's left to do is to cure a start-up loan from the bank. But, oh no, the loan's manager is one hot chick and you both get an erection. <laughs> You know if she spots you, you don't stand a chance of getting the money. But what is the right way to get rid of an unwanted erection according to howtogetridofstuff.com? Well, I've never had an unwanted erection. I've always liked it. It's always good to know what's well, there. Well, you say that, but there have been times when I haven't wanted it. <laughs> it's not just about whether you want the erection. It's about other people in society. They matter. Hear, hear. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry if I'm an old-fashioned gentleman who still thinks of an erection as a compliment. <laughs> I've got one now. When I was at school, sometimes I would get an erection in the science lessons, and then... <laughs> Why particularly science Well, no, nothing to do with being science lessons, really. It's more just that it was about 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> Afternoon time, wow. a gentleman's afternoon yes. erection. Yeah. We are yeah. it's, today. It's, way, it's way after the 11th erection. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get rid of it, or did you just live with it? I think I learned to live with it. Ultimately, people learnt to look forward to the erection. <laughs> it's what became one of the highlights of the lessons. In, indeed, later on, it was actually um, in the biology lesson. 
uh, use, use as an example. Yeah, use an example in a small bell jar. <laughs> Um, Richard Herring, yes. you, you like penises, don't you? I know everything about the penis. That's not true. Well, just I mean, so cool. by the time you're 45, if you get an erection, you just want to hold on to it for as long as you can. <laughs> no, there's such a rare occurrence. Um, when you, you can ejaculate, that will get rid of your erection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're actually on Viagra, that's as I understand it, as I am told. Uh, I had uh, one of my friends is an STD doctor in one of the clinics. I, and I you can be, see she, how you met. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, uh, quite, she's an attractive woman, and um, the men would either ask her out when they were getting their diseased oh, genitals man. looked at, which it's I think so is... I think, that is really, <laughs> I think that's beyond optimistic. Maybe we'll wait a week or two, <laughs> see what the test results are. But often men would get an erection as they're being examined, but she told me that she would hit it with a pencil. <laughs> and that would make it go down. My friend worked in an STD clinic and she got into trouble on the first day because the first crabs she ever saw, she went, Oh, look, they're so sweet! <laughs> Another thing that that um, woman could do, who's the STD nurse, is if the people get an erection, she could just say, You pathetic, stupid boy! Yeah. <laughs> that, that would make the news erection. Well, it, it would be unless they like that, but some men might oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I would go love the other that. Way. <laughs> some men like being hit with a pencil. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked pencil sex. <laughs> and also pencil sharpener. Yeah. Yes. I like to sharpen my penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> but also, you can make your own holes then as well. It doesn't have to be yeah. one of the natural holes. No. If you've got a very sharp penis, you can just have sex with someone any anywhere. They're just on the bus. <laughs> Stick it in their stomach. <laughs> you've just ended your career, Richard. <laughs> Ben, what is the actual answer? Uh, well, there's several tips. Um, according to howtogetridofstuff.com, you can think an erection away. They suggest clearing your head of impurity by thinking peaceful and beautiful thoughts. Their top tip is, don't think of women or sex. Uh, or you can think of something disgusting to take away the urge. They suggest a dead rat with its guts and blood splattered on the pavement. Quite specific. That's quite... Da I think that's a dangerous thing, because if you've got an erection while you're thinking about that, then yeah. you, you might make a mental yeah. connection between <laughs> the dead rat that's and right. the erection, and then you may only be able to get an erection when you see a dead rat in the gut. Uh, then next tip, try thinking of a difficult maths problem or, or of things that worry you. If you can't think the boner down, hurt yourself, pinch, scratch or slap yourself, so... Pencil, your penis. Might... <laughs> that will get rid of it. The blood uh, will drain out. If you really can't restrain it, then what better way to get rid of it than letting it out? Go ahead and masturbate. However they, however they do say, okay. make sure you do it in private, as it can be humiliating if somebody asks it. It can be humiliating, but it can also be amazing. Yeah. Like, hmm, what are you I doing think, there? I think it's pretty humiliating when I'm on my own. <laughs> Pretty awful, the whole thing. So at the end, at the end of that round, uh, it is three points to Michael and Paul and five points to Margaret and Richard. The next round is agony. In this round, the panel will offer you, the audience, some words of advice which you can choose to ignore if you have any sense about you. But before I let them loose on you, can they test their agony auntie skills on a real-life problem? Margaret, I believe you have one to read out. Mm -hmm, I do. Uh, dear Agony Aunt, I've been offered the use of a cottage in the country for a weekend and want to ask a bunch of friends to come down there with me. We were all students together about six years ago. Since then, some have got married and others are single. The problem is one of my friends has just married a much older man. He's older than my own father and hers! 
And to be honest, I don't want him to come. Do you think I could ask her on her own or would that be too rude? Michael and Paul, what advice would you give this poor young lady? I think she's rather selfish. Yeah, I think she's a cunt. Our characters have really changed. Paul, have you ever been out with somebody much younger or older than you? Um. <laughs> and then you chuckle there. Uh, why? <laughs> well, it's a personal, private question. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, generally, I've chosen people of a similar age to me. Richard Herring, have you ever gone out with someone much younger than you? <laughs> I don't, think I've ever been oh, a, I don't think I've ever been older than anyone's father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, my wife is uh, a little younger than I am. Um, I have to keep reminding myself that my wife is 13 years younger than me. Uh, but I don't feel that, because I'm very immature, so... Yeah. <laughs> so I did go out with a, a girl who was sort of about half my age a few years ago, and um, we were driving, and it was always all right, and then we, were dri- we drove past the Shepherd's Bush Empire and Billy Bragg was on, and she went, Billy Bragg? Who's that? Oh. And she was laughing at the name Billy Bragg. And that was the moment I thought, oh, that's... <laughs> that's yeah, that's that. probably... That's, that's shouldn't, This is, shouldn't work. But you know what? When I was 18, pretty much this is like the first girl I ever really went out with for like a month. But to me, it was a really big deal. It was 18. And she was 31, I think. <laughs> oh and the God. thing is, everyone thought that was horrible. And do you know what? They were fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> In every way, shape and form, it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'd like to go out with her again. Why is she still alive? <laughs> no, no one's that old. <laughs> my God. Um, I've realised that I've never had sex with a teenager and now I probably won't. And I am a bit sad about that. <laughs> I'm glad you got that probably in there. <laughs> well, I don't it might know. happen. <laughs> I did, I'm but he was a flyer it. at the Edinburgh Festival, so I don't think it counts. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Everybody, they're not human. Everybody sleeps with a flyer, don't they? I've never point. slept with a flyer. Either. To me, there is a strict divide between the act and the flyer that must never be transgressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Romeo and Juliet to me, but in a bad way. I never. slept with a, a teenager when I was twenty-seven. She was about, I know, she was, <laughs> she was, she was like eighteen. And the reason it happened, she was Dutch, right? She, <laughs> no, she, was, she was on holiday in London, and I was just walking down the street, and she went oh, my God, and stop me, and she recognised me from an Omo washing powder advert. <laughs> so you had to sleep with me. <laughs> no, I, I would as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben, is anybody close to what the actual agony aunt said? Yeah, we didn't really we get on really to the problem. To the <laughs> well, it's no, well, I called her a cunt. I mean, is that anywhere near to... Uh, well, you can't start making aunt, decisions sorry. about other people's no. partners. So that, oh, I hope yeah, the agony aunt they... told her to go... Stuff herself. Yeah. Stop being a wally. Yeah, but they don't want that, don't want that old man there, do they? When they're all playing games and having fun. He'll be up yeah. in bed asleep. Yeah, exactly. You just hide Werther's originals when around. When my that wife house. has her young friends, her young male friends around, I just go upstairs and sleep, and they stay yeah. down and just imagine playing Scrabble or something. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did the agony aunt actually say? Well, the agony aunt, she said, um, "I'm afraid you've come across one of the great drawbacks to your friends getting married." I can't count the number of close girlfriends I've lost to husbands who are unpleasant and irritating. One day, remember... (laughs) One day, remember, you'll probably get together with the man of your dreams, although you'll think he's the bee's knees, many of your friends will wish you'd remain single without this nightmare tagging along by your side. (laughs) (laughs) This is is verbatim. 
this, uh, this is from The Independent. Blimey. Of course, in his circle, there'll be just as many people saying exactly the same thing about you behind his back. They With... won't. They'll all be going, whoa, yeah. how did you do that, mate? Well done, go on. That's what happens to me. Um... <laughs> And then, uh, well, she has some, uh, some tips as well. With this friend, at least, you can be sure that her husband will drop dead at some point in the not so distant future. Oh, now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it. Uh, let's see how you cope with some problems from tonight's Badly. audience. I have some problems here. Is Rose Kualumi? Is that how you pronounce it? Like, as in Halumi? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, not my actual real name. Oh. oh, well, then Why it is. Why did you make that one up? That's pretty <laughs> exotic. So how do you pronounce your false yeah. name? I suppose it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't really matter. Okay. So you had to come up with a name so no one would notice, and you thought, oh, Kualumi, <laughs> no one would question that. It's quite similar to my actual name. Oh, okay. It's an anagram. Is your actual name Halumi? It is Halumi. <laughs> quite, Rose's quite problem is, um, I hate my job, but I need the money. Your name is an anagram of quiet whore. <laughs> That's your real name. <laughs> Rose, what job do you do? I work at Jamie's Italian. Oh, for oh, fuck's sake. Oh, really? Why do you hate it? It's really nice there. I'd be like, what's wrong? Is Does Jamie the... Oliver come in and touch you? He <laughs> <laughs> kind of just hugged you a bit too much. Um, Even no, worse, really. plays the drums. <laughs> <laughs> Tries to. <laughs> oh, whoa! Now you're fired. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> what about ways of making your job more fun? Like, what do you do at Jamie's Italian hellhole? Um, literally take people from the door and sit them at a table. That is brilliant. Every <laughs> single person that you do that to, just say to them, do you know what, I loved you in Alien. <laughs> <laughs> always just pretend that they're Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> no, matter, no matter who it is, male or female, always. And as for their autograph, you probably get this all the time. I'm re I know I shouldn't be doing this, I'll probably get fired, but could I have your autograph? And then whenever they say, you've spelled Sigourney terribly here. <laughs> Jeff. Or just speak them in a strange voice. Just say, I'm feeling pissed today. <laughs> But I'm only going to take you to your seat and make you sit down. It's only be a few seconds. It won't affect your dining experience. As I only do the sitting people down. I do not, I'm not one of this service. The waiters and waitresses are not are separate from me. And they're not like me. So do not worry about me. Sit down, my child! That's the answer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> was that any help, Rose? That was brilliant. Thank oh, you. thank you. Very much. <laughs> um, is Bill here? So Bill's problem is my housemate likes those Call of Duty games. I, however, don't feel the need for them. I don't like killing people. I'm not Ian Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> your problem is you're not Ian Huntley. That's your problem, is it? It's not. Yeah. I just want to clarify. How that. does Bill stop his flatmate living in the Somme? <laughs> You get a badge that says, what would Ian Huntley do? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it affecting you so much? It's just a bit annoying when you're trying to eat sort of food like couscous. It doesn't go well. Um, <laughs> like, when you bring people around, it's hard to have someone sort of sitting there in front of sort of a big... It's a big TV as well. And it's just a bit of a waste of time. I'd rather watch sort of question time. <laughs> Haven't you got another room, another TV? Well, it's just, no, no. Well, 
think I, so I, I just wanted to really answer the question. No, yeah, no yeah. send him into his bedroom and say you can only go in there and turn and get well, some it's headphones. His t- it's his TV as well. So get your own TV. Uh, Have you thought of? <laughs> you can watch TV on a computer now. Get a laptop and go in your own Buy room. Buy the Nintendo yeah. DS. And you can get porn on there, and then you can yeah. have a wank really loudly. Yeah. See how he likes. It. Not with his guests eating couscous. That's <laughs> <laughs> bad advice. See, he, he looked like yeah, he thought he'd up. Yeah. He thought yeah. I could do it with a couscous. That would go nicely. <laughs> Little dip. <laughs> Has anybody got any answers for Bill? Why don't you start dressing as people from Call of Duty? <laughs> and then say, so, seriously, man, I don't want to play the game, but I really love watching you play the game. I'm a really big fan of you. Why well, don't you say dress up as a Call of Duty man and come to him in his dreams? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you killed me and now That's I will really haunt you. Yeah. Or something. create your own computer game that you load into the computer <laughs> and then when it plays, it's based to... Uh, Around your flatmate's name, like supposing his name's Kenneth. (laughs) (laughs) As it's going on, like it's like going into a cave or something, and then it speaks to him and says, and he won't be expecting it because he thinks it's just a general one off the shelf, and it just says, Kenneth, you die tonight. (laughs) So then he thinks he's the victim of a curse, then and then he either dies, which is one result, or at the very least uh, he moves to another flat to sort himself out. Yeah, that, that could work. <laughs> Bless lot, you for that. Quite Bill. a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be worth it. I wanted a it. quicker fix, but. Um, <laughs> Bill, has anybody helped you with this problem? Paul? Paul? Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> uh, okay, let's check the scores. Producer Ben. Uh, well, excitingly, at the end of that round, the scores are 5 all. <gasps> <gasps> Time to ask the expert. In this round, our panel have to second guess an actual expert and hang their heads in shame when they realise they have no idea about real life. So please welcome experts of Mariner, Eric. <laughs> Eric. Hello. Uh, so, uh, how long were you a submariner for? Uh, Seventeen years. Quite a long wow. time. Mm. And what's the deepest depth you dove to? I can't tell you. That's classified. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> um, in a moment, you're going to uh, be able to second guess what Eric thinks is the right thing to do in a, a submarine-based scenario. But before then, I want you to question him thoroughly. And uh, we've got about a minute to do this. See if you can gauge his personality from those questions. So, Margaret, would you like to start? Um, yeah. Do you have any annoying habits? I have lots of annoying habits, but uh, I don't seem think... quite proud of them. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Name one. Um, being evasive when I'm asked a question. <laughs> I've got a question. How do you feel about mariners calling you submariners? <laughs> yeah, it's elitist, isn't it? it is. <laughs> If you're in a submarine, would it be stable enough to have a pool table or other billiards? <laughs> could you play billiards under the water? If not, what sport would you play? Yeah. You could have a pool table. It wouldn't be advisable to have a pool. <laughs> Is there a ball pit? <laughs> you know, like on ferries for kids. Yeah, what, what are the crash it's facilities like? <laughs> I'm starting to think that I'm supposed to be the expert in this round and I haven't understood a single question. Did you ever open the door of the uh, 
submarine when it was underwater. Just a little bit, just, <laughs> fun, just a tiny bit, just to like make everyone else well, j- scared. Just to check it was shut. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Have you ever fired a torpedo? Oh. Do you recognise that noise? <laughs> it's the five-minute warning. Five-minute warning. Right. Now you all know Eric a bit better. You have to work out what he thinks is the right thing to do in the following scenarios. Here is the first one. Eric is the captain of a submarine travelling through enemy waters in a time of war. However, it's one of the men's birthdays and you've all chipped in to buy him a kite in the shape of Kelly Brook as a present. And so you surface the boat for a short while to let him fly it. Unfortunately, while he's up there, you spot an enemy plane on the radar coming in for attack. You really need to dive to get out of their way, but the birthday boy will still be tugging on his kite strings and his penis. <laughs> what is the right thing to do in this situation? Do you dive the boat and kill the birthday boy, or do you give him a chance to get back inside and endanger the whole crew? Well, uh, Eric, he seems like a very nice man. I think he just got out. Don't worry about me, lads. I've got a kite. I've had a good inning. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if it's another fella, yeah, it's his oh, captain. Oh, no, he, you'd be... Come on. Come back in with your kite, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know, I think he has the eyes of a killer. <laughs> I think uh, I think he's letting the... I think Eric would at least die. sacrifice the kite. I think he might say, <laughs> let go of the kite. If the bloke said, I'm not letting go of the kite, here's my present. I think Eric would go, well, I'm going to give you five seconds and then I'm going to just dive the submarine down. If the plane went into the propellers, might get stuck in the kite then you could kill two birds with one stone also if they let go of the kite the man flying the plane might go fuck it's Kelly Brook flying towards me (laughs) (laughs) Eric did anybody get close with an answer I think you were closest with the eyes of a killer because (laughs) (laughs) what you would do in that situation is you would dive the submarine Uh, you wouldn't put the whole submarine at risk for the life of one man what if it was Nelson Mandela (laughs) this stupid kite <laughs> <laughs> well what you'd say is you've got a kite at least you've got a chance <laughs> have you ever been in that situation where you've had someone on top of your submarine and you've had to dive uh, yeah um, me actually um, in the Falklands we had to surface we had a problem and the boss said to me if we get an aircraft what we'll do is we'll blow the main vents uh, you'll hear that with any luck and um, we'll give you 30 seconds before we shut the hatch. Don't worry about your tools. (laughs) And did you survive? Uh, (laughs) That's the first question I've understood. (laughs) And no. Scenario number two. You've been at sea for four months and the days are a mixture of long periods of intense boredom and short bursts of intense panic. One of your crew seems to be taking it all really badly. He's barking like a dog, watching non-stop Ashton Kutcher films and he started walking around threatening to open the door and leave. But what is the right thing for Eric to do in this situation? Well, everyone else should act more crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> Ooh, look at me, I'm watching The Hangover 2. <laughs> Margaret. I'm going to go with the same answer as last time and say he's got the eyes of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you make a papier-mâché false wheel thing to turn and pretend there was another door and then he thinks he's <laughs> going out the door and then he opens it up and it's just a cupboard or something. <laughs> there must be some override mechanism where you can stop the door being opened. Do you think you could cope with being in a submarine, anybody? No. 
Oh, anybody. Oh, yeah. Michael, <laughs> Michael Oak, could you personally cope with being in a submarine? No, I'm, no one could cope with me being in a submarine. It would be awful for everyone at I, I feel I would thrive on it. <laughs> the, the sexual tension must go somewhere. Richard Herring, would you ever... I don't go in a submarine. I think I would get a little claustrophobic, and the idea of being underwater and in something that people were trying to blow up. I think these things <laughs> would make me up. very awkward if you do them. Yeah. If you do any of those corporate uh, stand-up comedy gigs in a submarine, you have to perform in front of all the submarine mm. people, and you're you're on there. The gig didn't go well, and you're there for another four months. And <laughs> Horrendous. Just four months of having breakfast and dinner with them. And just saying, oh, well, it normally goes better, honestly. But on the plus side, I bet you see some nice fish and stuff down there, so swings and roundabouts yeah. out of the window. Have, do you have windows in a submarine? Uh, there's four, one for each beetle. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what is the correct thing to do in this situation? Well, as I understand it, this chap is making threats but not actually taking any action. So you'd first of all work out whether he was larking about. Um, do you find out whether he's larking about whether or not he actually does open the door? If he opens the door, then everyone dies. Then you know he wasn't larking about. Yeah. He really did want to open it. Yeah, conclusively, you would yeah. then know. Yeah. So that's the test. Ultimately, you'd probably want another test before you got to that point. <laughs> Maybe just like an, an inch inside, a bit like... Richard's sort of false wheel yeah. on the inside. Yeah. I think Margaret gets a point for that one. Do yeah, I? I think, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also Richard you... Herring for his wheel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the Beatles joke. I got the answer of how many windows, right? Yeah, about the Beatles joke. I made a number of asides. Thank you very much to our expert, Eric. Um, before we hit the final round, what are the scores, producer Ben? The scores are that Michael and Paula got five and Margaret and Richard got seven. Yeah! Now it's time to do the wrong thing. Keep talking over Danielle's <laughs> <laughs> What You did your thing. Your yeah, joke about the Beatles. It was a good Beatles yeah. joke. In this round, let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, points for jokes. What they think is the wrong thing to do in any given situation. Well, the give wrongest thing. Yeah, yeah. The wrong <laughs> thing. Yeah. What you've done the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> points for jokes. It's not mastermind. Wow, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Worst example we can ever. See that. <laughs> In this round, I want the panellists to tell me what they think is the wrong thing to do in any given situation. The wrongest answer will win you a bourbon cream with the chocolate licked out by Piers Morgan. <laughs> the round will end with a rousing fanfare from producer Ben's horn. OK, here goes. You think you've killed the serial killer, but you haven't actually seen his body. What is the wrong thing to do? What, you've killed it sort of in, in by a... courier or something? <laughs> How do you... Dress up as him. <laughs> A, a, a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what a strange thing to say. What, do you think you're a mastermind here? <laughs> the person you're talking to keeps getting your name wrong. What is the wrong thing to do? Just keep shouting, wrong, and flicking their ear. <laughs> uh, Organise a surprise party. <laughs> you're asking 
asked to do a nude charity calendar, the photographer asked you to come up with your own poses as it would make the shots more personal. What is the wrong thing to do? Get the photographer's name tattooed on your anus. <laughs> on your anus? Not even your buttocks, your actual <laughs> anus. Get right in. So in order, to photo, in order to it's see it, he needs like a... Well, he needs a, a speculum. <laughs> He needs like a, he need, he puts a tiny little microscopic camera they use in operations up the rectum. And yeah. When he gets to the top well, no, of the rectum, sorry, the it just says, "You've gone too way. far, mate." Uh, are you John Smith, photographer? If so, you've gone too far. But call this number. It's a surprise party next Thursday. Hope to see you there. Bring a bottle. And only you, Rob Cliff Richards Cock, gold comes out of his ears. What is the wrong thing to do? <laughs> well, if gold's coming out, I think the wrong thing to do is to stop rubbing it. <laughs> I like gold, I like gold, and I would go through Cliff Richards Cock to get some. Even if it's got Cliff Richards ear wax on it. Oh, why is it? Oh, it's coming out of his ears. Wax. I don't mind oh, cocks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Put me right off cocks, you are. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm sorry, this actually happened to a friend of mine. I don't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that's downbeat. That's oh. Well, that's the end of the show, and just like those wildfires in Arizona, it was all over Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Ben, what are the final scores? Well, very excitingly, it's eight each. Oh. Well done. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. We'd have won if it hadn't been for that thing about the Beatles. <laughs> well, well done to everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye. Do the right thing, you may also enjoy Mustard Comedy Magazine. Jam packed with funny words and pictures, plus huge exclusive interviews with Michael Palin, Graham Linehan, Robin Ince, Stuart Lee, and many more, including guest contributors Alan Moore and Matt Berry. Brilliantly funny, says the BBC. Absolutely cracking, says Channel 4. A satirical gem, says the Telegraph. First class, says the Guardian. You get the idea, people like it. Mustard, as seen in the IT crowd, if you look really closely. Get your mustard at mustardweb.org. Mustard is written in front of a live studio audience. Look, there they are. See? Mustardweb.org. Log it into your Interpod now. Mustard.